Earlier this week, Michael Matt from The Retina and I talked about Pope Francis's concern that the non-acceptance of Vatican II is the primary concern in the Catholic Church, and Michael Matt and I just deeply disagree with that. And today we're going to talk about something much more hopeful, and that is the rise of a youth movement in the traditional communities, in the traditional Latin Mass, young vocations to the religious orders, young vocations to the priesthood, and then just young people being inspired. These are not people who grew up with the Latin Mass. These are young people who are attracted to the Latin Mass. They don't want the bubbles and the balloons and the clown noses. They want Jesus Christ as presented in the traditional liturgy, the traditional theology, traditional preaching, sacraments, everything. So I'd like to welcome back Michael Matt from The Remnant. Michael, thanks for being with us. How you doing? Good to see you, Taylor. I was so excited to see all the pictures that were coming out of France from the Sharp Pilgrimage. I was a little sad that I wasn't there. Two years ago, <laughs> uh, I signed up with my two twin daughters. They were 16 at the time, and I gave them, I think it was for Christmas, I said, your gift this year is we're going on the pilgrimage from Paris to Chart. They were super oh, okay. excited. They had been studying French. That was the big deal. And then guess what happened? Yeah. COVID. So I said, okay, we'll go in 2020, 2021. Guess what happened? Right. COVID. So this year, I say, okay, I'm taking you to Paris. But then our parish announced that my two sons were getting confirmed on Pentecost weekend. That was the date they set. So I knew we weren't going to make it. So I just booked a flight and the three of us went to Paris and went to churches and toured France and we did our own little pilgrimage, and then we left right when y'all were arriving. Okay, so, yeah, you should have stuck around. Well, I had to, my sons were getting confirmed. Okay, they right, were getting confirmed right. like within days, yeah. so we had to get back yeah. to America. I can't, I can't miss my son's confirmation. Right, uh, that went bad. Well, next year, right? So that's the thing. We had so much yeah. fun, and after seeing all these pictures and seeing the video footage, and we're going to run a little video video footage here in a little bit. I was like, okay, we're going back. You know, 2023, we're going back. This time we're going to rough it. We're going to walk with Michael, Matt, and everyone. So people who don't know about the pilgrimage, can you just give a little... Actually, before you give a background, we need to say our, our Father. We need to pray, and I'll run the video so people actually get a, a visual of what it looks like. So let's pray our, our Father, and then I'll run the video. Oremos. Nomini Patris et Fidi, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, quies in Celi, Sanctificator Nomen Tuum, Advenia Regnum Tuum. Fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cello et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et emite nobis debita nostra. Sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nosum malo. Amen. Sancta Maria, ora pro nobis, nomini Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Okay, let's run the footage. Uh, this is from The Remnant. I'd encourage everyone uh, watching in my audience, go subscribe over at uh, Remnant Video here on YouTube. Uh, it's Michael Matt. He makes all kinds of great videos, and they also do these, these great uh, montages, these great videos. So I'm going to cue it up for us here, and we'll watch the beginning together. All right, Michael? All right, here we go. Is this it? Thank you. 
So where you guys are from? Welcome. Glad you're here. Just talk about the patroness of our chapter. As you probably gathered by now, Father, Pendergraf provides all the spiritual direction and talks on this pilgrimage. And uh, I sort of assumed the role of trying to plug what we're doing into the strategic part of what's happening right now in the world and in the church, what we can do about it. Can't just complain about it. We gotta, we gotta come together with a strategy so I want to talk about Unite the Clans just a bit and what it means and what it doesn't mean. And you can quote me on this, anything I say, because it's a very simple concept. And I'll get we'll talk about this in a little bit. I'm going to jump to the end, Michael, and just show kind of the arrival here. All the people, I mean, they're receiving. You'll understand the power of a united yeah. Catholic to resist. The last minute. To keep yeah, here we go. I mean, Go just, a little bit before that. There's a great... A little bit before that? Okay. Just a, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone arriving. See if the, oh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. So how many people were there? So there's 20,000. Between 18 and 20,000, the reason there's a, the number is different is because when you start out, it's smaller because you got three days of tough walking. And by the time you get to Chart on Monday, it swells. And this year, because there was just horrible forecast, the weather was really bad. Saturday was the worst ever that I've done in 20 or th almost 30 years. Uh, that will dissuade some people. So I, I think I, I really think that that number of 20,000 is just a huge statement uh, in the wake of Traditionis Custodis, as you know, wh wh where people are right now, they're really, really done with the crackdown on the Latin Mass. Exactly. And this is, uh, it kind of made me wonder, is Pope Francis's recent statement about the restorationists, these traditionalists, do you think it's in response to some of the success at the Sharp Pilgrimage? you think there's a connection there? I wouldn't be at, at all surprised because remember, this is, Notre Dame de Clétiente is an extremely important organization. I've been working with them for 30 years, and I'm the U.S. representative for that for that organization. And the reason I point, I, I cite them, I'm so proud to work with them because they actually got the Bishop of Chartres to preach on Monday on the Chartres pilgrimage. He is not a traditionalist. He's not sympathetic to traditionalism. But they work, and they, without any false compromise, they work with the bishops. They've had the Cardinal Archbishop of Paris uh, you know, give his blessing for the use of Saint-Sulpice or Notre Dame once it's restored, and for the use of, the, of Notre Dame in, in Chartres. 
And I think that's why I would, I would answer your question. Yeah, they're having a huge impact. And it's such a magnificent statement. I mean, imagine 20,000 people. The average age is 20 years old. How are you going to look if you're a bishop in the press saying, no, 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 no. We don't want you coming to our cathedral and sorry, you like, just scat. They can't. They can't ignore this, you know. No. Um, and it's had it's had greetings in the past, you know, a long time ago, not during Francis's reign, from the Vatican. It has Vatican recognition, and to see it getting stronger and stronger, especially after Francis Custodes, especially after the COVID lockdown, is a, is a massive, massive statement. Tell us the tradition of it. There's a lot of people who are watching this. They're like, "Wow, that's amazing! Why are y'all walking to this church on Pentecost?" Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, part of it is I know that it's traditionally isn't our ladies, is it her shirt or her gown that's kept mm -hmm. in, at Chart? That's right. Uh, and can you kind of give us why is why are people doing this? Yeah, absolutely. There's a video we just put up a couple. One we were over there that people might check out. It's number two at YouTube on our list, um, where I talk about I sit out in front of the cathedral and just describe what we're seeing. Mm. So any of our you know our Protestant friends who thinks that the, you know the Catholics need to you know up their game on the Bible, the Shard Cathedral is basically a Bible in stone and glass. The whole thing, because remember the, the peasants of the Middle Ages they couldn't read. There was no paper. There was you know there were no physical Bibles. So this this beautiful act of love, this uh, anonymous, not even signed, gorgeous cathedral, basically is a book that taught scripture, preserves scripture, and then taught scripture to the peasants who came there. And because it has Our Lady's veil, that's that's the whole point and purpose of this uh, of this reliquary cathedral, if you will, is to house it. And there's all these beautiful little things, like there is no there are no saints or kings or queens buried in her crypt. Because the idea was that Chartres is Our Lady's playhouse. It's where a little girl could play and not be afraid of, you know, bodies and you know, coffins in the in the crypt. Um, so Henry Adams describes it as Our Lady's playhouse, but it figures prominently. It's the beginning point of the great Santiago de Compostela pilgrimage. If you want to start from 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 the, the original French starting point, it's Chartres, and then go all the way to Santiago. That's where you start. Um, and then it became, obviously, during the Middle Ages, it became a prominent place of pilgrimage in place of or in lieu of the Holy Land. If you couldn't make it to the Holy Land, you couldn't make it to Santiago de Compostela, you went to Chartres. And there's, there's all these other aspects of it that are fitting for what we're going through today. It was the place, the, because the veil was there, the crusaders, if they were going off on crusade to the Holy Land, would go to Chartres, from, if they're French crusaders, go to Chartres to touch their tunics to the reliquary of Our Lady, asking for her intercession with our with our Lord and uh, on their mission. Pilgrims do the same, so that was the whole point of it. And down through the ages, there were many different reasons for why Saint Joan of Arc walked that pilgrimage, King Louis Saint Louis the Ninth walked the pilgrimage. Saints, kings, queens, philosophers, popes, regular people like us have been going to Chartres for you know a thousand years nearly. And it, it, it cut off after the Second Vatican Council. It kind of fell into disuse, which a lot of Catholic things did. The pilgrimage died. And a group of traditional Catholic lay people reinvigorated it 40 years ago. This is the 40th anniversary of Notre Dame de Clétiente, which just means Our Lady of Christendom. They reinvigorated it. When they first went, they, they traveled 70 miles by foot, slept on the ground, just like we did last week. It's a very difficult pilgrimage. Um, when they got there, finally, the doors of the cathedral were shut to them. They were not allowed to have the traditional Latin mass in the cathedral at that point because things hadn't progressed as they have, as they were what soon year to was do. That? that was 40 years ago. So where, where, where are we? 19, I guess, 80 or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, so 
that, that's kind of how it started. So this little group of men had the traditional Latin mass out in the square, out in front of the cathedral. And from then, through the grace of God and their very effective military strategy, they're all ex-military, uh, these French, um, they managed to make this thing just take off to the point where guys like Michael Davies called it the most important annual event happening in the world. Wow. Uh, and I absolutely agree with that. And, and we saw it again last week after COVID, after France was locked down nearly as brutally as Canada to have this explosion. I mean, there haven't been any great gatherings of people. As soon as Macron lifted that, that restriction, this thing just took off. And they had 20,000 people for this event, well-organized, unbelievably well-organized despite the weather. Um, and so that's, that's, that's kind of the history. We've just been going back every year because I, I, I honestly believe that the spirit of the pilgrimage, is, is it defines my mission, my strategic mission, my editorial policy, that's we stay in the church. Nobody's kicking us out of our church. We stay in the church, we fight, we resist, and we don't false, we have no false compromise. And the, the organization in France is brilliant at that. And I, I really, people say, oh, you guys, you know, you're going over there for vacation, man. I can't afford to go to Shanghai. And I just laugh, I'm like, oh my gosh, when's the last time you heard of being able to go to France for three days, two nights and three days for 50 euro? That's how expensive it was. It's, it's not cash that matters. It's whether or not you can hack this, this pilgrimage and whether or not you're, you're willing to put yourself on the line in this massive statement, yes, of Catholic resistance, but also of fealty to, this, to Christ the King, fealty to Our Lady, Queen of Christendom. It's all about that. It's this massive statement. So I would encourage any of your viewers, do not see this as something that only benefits those who are, happen to be able to get to France. Like you say you were there, I, was, I, got, to, I got to do it again this year. It's for the movement. This, this is the proof that we're not going to go away. COVID can't, can't stop us. Traditionas can't stop us. This is a movement of God. So everybody who can possibly support this pilgrimage, spread the word, share the videos about it. This is the best, the best indicator that we have, the best ability that we have to send a message about the militancy, the youth, and the vitality of the traditional Catholic movement, but also the loyalty. We're not leaving the church, Taylor. You know this. We're not, we're not going to go start our own church. We're going to stay and reclaim the Catholic ground, and that's what this pilgrimage is all about, and that's why I've done it for 30, for 30 years now. That's beautiful. Now, are the numbers in this year, tw or 2022, there wasn't one in 21, there wasn't one in 20 because of COVID. Uh, how were the numbers this year compared to, say, 2019 or 18? Stronger, stronger, stronger than they've been ever. This this was the highest the highest number of actual walkers, and they also had I don't know how many thousands of what they call guardian angels, which are people who are following a line for, along from home from their various countries. There was no Canadian chapter this year, for example, for obvious reasons because they're locked down still. I hear that might lift soon, but um, I think it would have been even even much larger had those types of COVID restrictions been removed in some of these countries. But yeah, I mean, it's really difficult. The, the, the Cathedral of Chartres only holds 8,000. So you can imagine how the people, the pilgrims were spilling wow. down the hill all into, this, into the town of Chartres. That's, it's impossible for the church to simply ignore this because they would look like the bad guys. You have, you have all these beautiful scouts. I said a little bit of that clip. These are young kids, you know, like from Riamount, and they're just so animated. And they're so happy and they're laughing and smiling. They don't know anything about Vatican II. They're not right. discussing Vatican II on the road to Chartres. They're just animated. They're al al alive with, with love and devotion to our Lord, to our Lady, and yeah, to the traditional Latin Mass. So it's a brilliant, and I think 
heaven-blessed piece of Catholic action. So proud to be a part of it, but also so inspired with hope. I just hope it continues. I hope they can't find a way to shut this down for the sake of the entire movement, wherever you are. This is the way, this is the major victory for all of us. I imagine next year, I mean, because you and I, we don't receive any of those injections or anything like that. And Macron lifted it so we could just go in. All we had to do is have a negative test. Is that what you had when you went in? Mm -hmm. Yep, mm -hmm. that's what we did, negative test. But that, yeah. was, that was lifted, I think, in mid-March, wasn't it? Yeah. So this was yeah, sort of a last-minute push, wasn't it, to get this thing going? <laughs> And people Absolutely. can't just, you know, change their schedule and book flights. Not So I imagine next year when people have time to book it, prepare, hear about it. I mean, you could get well over 20,000 next year. Oh, of course. Of course. Our chapter, the U.S. chapter is going back to the Vendée next year because next year is our 30th anniversary for the Chart Pilgrimage. Okay. So we're going down into the Vendée just to, you know, also retell that story, which... Every flag that you see on the Chart Pilgrimage, the, the tricolor, the French flags, yeah. has the Sacre Coeur, the Sacred Heart, emblazoned on it, as we do on our U.S. flag. And, of course, that comes straight out of the heart of the greatest Catholic counter-revolution during the French Revolution that there was, you know, in the Vendée. So this is the spirit of the Vendée. That's what animates this. Uh, so we're doing that. I think next year is going to be a, a lot bigger. I mean, I, I don't even know how they're going to accommodate it, to tell you the truth, but I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll come up with something. And yeah, I would encourage people to to look into it and get ready. And also, if it is, if they do finally say, if they cap it, which they may have to do, it was huge just because of the size of the cathedral that limits it. There is the, the guardian angel uh, movement now that goes along with that, so people can get involved that way as well. And I hope I hope everybody does. Explain that really again. Needed. The guardian angel. Guardian angels uh, movement is, for the Shark pilgrimage was it's like a an international. Uh, system whereby anybody who knows about the Chart Pilgrimage and wants to be a part of it can follow the readings, the lives mm -hmm. of the saints, can even have video uploads and a live stream bits of it so they can really be a part of it even if they're infirmed or they can't get to France or they're still locked down like our poor friends in Canada might be by then. Um, it just allows many more people to take advantage of the spiritual aspect of the pilgrimage as well as being part of this great movement um, that I'm kind of concerned the Vatican may try harder than ever now to shut this down. So we got to hope and pray that it doesn't. And I think the, the larger the numbers, the more difficult it's going to be to shut shut it down. Well, if they shut it down, we'll just do it anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the spirit. That's yeah. the spirit of this organization. They can't tell us we it. can't walk from one church to another. Yeah, absolutely right. Can absolutely. you share just, Can you share maybe an anecdote? I know you, in the video, you're, all these young people, you're talking to young people. Maybe a conversation, an anecdote uh, from your walking and meeting all these people that maybe revealed or crystallized the next generation of traditional Catholics. You know what? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to encapsulate about 15 at least uh, encounters that I had into one story and one, one anecdote for you. And then we all saw this. Our team is here, here in the studio right now. We were so amazed by how many people from, you know, you know wherever they're from, from Spain, France, Germany, um, approaching us while we were walking or while we were getting ready to walk, standing around at lunchtime. And they, they, have, they all have the same thing. It's because of the militancy of, of, of Remnant TV, because of the push that you're doing, that I came back to the Latin Mass. Yeah. And so whenever we would ask them, and I don't say this to brag, I say this to show you the, the dearth, the lack of leadership that's out there nowadays. People 
don't be deceived by the, the, the number of people who seem to be leaving the church. It's because they, they don't find anything there. And when they discover a channel like yours or a channel like ours or an, a, a pilgrimage like the Shard Pilgrimage, and they are just animated, and they come up, and they're like, I'm, I've, I've returned to the faith. You know what that means when somebody says, I've come back to the church, I've come back to the sacraments because of the work that's going on here with traditional Catholicism, especially for the United States of America? That was something that happened over and over again. Not only are they showing up, a lot of these pilgrims coming to the pilgrimage because of the work that we're doing over here, but they're coming back to the faith. And so I think that's why like, I am done with the American squabbling that's going on among traditional Catholics. I'm so done uh, with the myopic. Uh, traditionalism is only in the United States of America. In Europe, there's a whole other thing going on. There's a lot of militancy over there, like you saw, the Sharp Pilgrimage, and there's a huge need for us to step up our game. And I think the pilgrimage is a great launching pad for that. And I, again, I saw it again and again and again. Thank you for your work. I've come back to the faith because I finally found out where it is. Now that's not to say that's because Remnant TV is awesome. That's to say right. the church has abandoned these guys. Right. They don't even they don't even know. Yeah, we're just so saying, hey, with... look over here. Look at this. Yeah, that's here it. it is. Look at that's this. That's it. I'm like, oh, that's it. Exactly right. Exactly right. So I think if we if we step it up, if we unite those clans in the really serious sense of what that means to reach out to these people, whether they're traditionalists or not, they're looking, they're starving, and they're scared, and they're a bit angry. And I think we that creates for us a, a golden opportunity to do a better job, to recruit more. It's also an honor to be a part of that restoration process that's going on, which this pilgrimage obviously sort of exemplifies. You can see it. It's going. It's, <laughs> they're going to be hard pressed to shut this down. This is a youth movement, 20 years old. It's huge youth movement. Tell me about the priest. You know, there's these great pictures. Uh, there's just all these ma There's all these altars set up. And you've got scouts and, and altar boys serving these masses. There's so many priests. How many priests are there and what are their ages and where are they coming from? Are these Europeans? Are these Americans? Give us the demographics. Yeah, there's this year there were between 250 and 300, I think was the third. They're still figuring, Praise you know, God. which one. A lot of fraternity, a lot of Institute of Christ the King, a lot of diocesan um, priests. <laughs> but the common denominator across the board, they're all young. You know, you don't do this. I'm on the old end, an old end of who can walk this pilgrimage because it's pretty tough. So, yeah, the priests are all, they're all younger guys. They walk the entire 70 miles in cassock, surplus, and stole, and then the backpack over that. Our chaplain, Father Pentagram. Well, I'm just curious, why did they wear the surplus and the stole? Just curious. Because, because they're hearing confessions? They're administering sacraments the whole time. Confessions are constant. Wow. Uh, they're always talking indulgence. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And people say, well, you know, there's, is that a Novus Ordo thing? You got the priest falling to the back of the, of the chapter. It looks like face to face. No, this is how confession would have been done on pilgrimage. This right. is how it's done in wartime. You just fall back privately. The priest is discreet. He looks yeah. down and you confess. And that happens constantly in order for the, for the indulgences. People are very eager to make a change of life on this pilgrimage. So, yeah, they're tough. I was, my son was pointing out, our chaplain, Father Pentagraph, who, he, by long story, his, his boots were misplaced. So we end up with a chaplain that doesn't have his boots at the beginning of the pilgrimage. He had to borrow a pair. By the end of day one, as I say, it was the worst weather ever. Poor father, he's going to be angry at me for saying this because he's a humble guy. But I'm going to say it anyway because people need the example. He's on the ground with a jackknife taking care of those blisters, this sort of blunt jackknife thing, popping them and fixing them up getting those shoes back on. He walked the entire thing on a series of bad blisters on a, on a feet. That's the spirit of the pilgrimage. And that's, 
these priests, it is a lay-run organization. So, for example, I lead the U.S. chapter, but Father is, the chaplain is all about the spiritual direction and the encouragement and pushing us on and keeping us focused. So it's a really interesting mix of, of lay and clerical leadership uh, that, that, that animates this thing. It's really beautiful. Wow. Fantastic. Now, when you get, it's three days of about 20 mm -hmm. miles plus per day, correct? Yeah. When you get yeah. there, what's the feeling? What's the sensation? Is it festive? Is it solemn? Is it just the mass? Is there any feasting? What goes on? Uh, you, you get in. First of all, when you go into the cathedral, not everybody got in this time, obviously. But when you do, it's such a time machine. So you, you're, you're used to the sunny fields of France, sunny, muddy, rainy fields, you know, and you come in and it's just this massive gothic, gorgeous jewel cathedral that's that just brings you back in time anyway. And then when you see, like it gets, and you see it just pack out with all these young people. And in, in some, the whole front of the, of the cathedral is full of kids, like little 10-year-old kids that have walked most of it, not all of it, really? but most of it. Wow. Yeah, the Les Enfants, there's those little chapters that take care of the kids. And to hear those kids especially, you know, just belting out, yet unam sanctam catholicam and apostolicam ecle. I mean, if you're not crying, you know, you should be, but quite quite frankly. And that's the spirit. You're, you're exhausted, and you see the, the faith just boom, just explode back. You see all these statues that have been thrown out of the churches, of you know, here and there. They're back. They're, they're carried in on shoulders of scouts, statues of the saints and of Our Lady, all the banners to Our Lady. It's like heaven just kind of opens up and, and all the things that got thrown out by the revolution just come back and walk with us for this magnificent triumphalist, in, in the good sense, uh, Catholic moment. And then at the end, of course, there's the Shainu, the famous Shainu, which is a love song to Our Lady where we're begging her to be with us, to be our queen, to smile on us during this difficult time. And you see, you know, 500 flags and statues and scouts and then 250 priests and Christus Vinci. And again, just raising the roof of the Chartres Cathedral, mm -hmm. using that building for what it was intended to be used for again, finally. If you're not crying, you should be every year. I've done it 29 times. Next year will be my 30th. I lose it every time. It's like this is what we're fighting for. I, I, I grew up traditional Catholic, so I understood it from my father. I, I never had a conversion to the traditional Latin Mass. I was always going to the traditional Latin Mass, and I got it, and I understood it. I thought I did, but it wasn't until I went to Chartres and I saw the whole thing come into, into you know physical, tangible action. I got to be a part of it that I fell in love with it. I seriously mean that, not to sound sappy. I fell in love with traditional Catholicism, seeing what they took away from us, what it looks like to be restored for three days, and the challenge of restoring it, you know, in, in, in using, de devoting my life uh, to restoring it. And, and, and when you've been to Chart, that's not a particularly valorous or, uh, you know, virtuous thing to say. It's all you want to do. I want to just rebuild this thing. I want to go to war. I, I want to, I would do anything to restore the beautiful, magnificent Catholic thing. And we need to unite those clans all over the world to, to do that. And it becomes a very realistic Prospect. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, when you see that in action. What would happen? You said there might have to cap the size and all, but I mean, I can see this. Five years, 10 years, it could hit 100,000. Sure, yeah. The French government yeah. would love that, actually, I imagine. All the tourists coming in, all these people. Right, exactly, what, and there would, there would be that. What would be done? 
there would be that because, ironically enough, like some of the cathedrals, some of the prominent churches in France right now, because of the separation of church and state, which we're opposed to, but it's working to our advantage, um, where you have mayors who've walked this pilgrimage, and they are now traditional Catholics, and they're giving the permission, not the bishops, mm -hmm. they're giving the, the, the permission for the Institute of the Fraternity or whoever to have mass in a given church in France. So you see that the hand of God in a lot of these things, and, and if it got to be 100,000, like you're saying, or bigger, that the, the state would decide how, that, how that's going to work. And if it is a revenue, if it's something that produces revenue on some level, just having that many people coming in over a weekend, they would have the final say on that as far as I understand how it, how it all works. So it's something to shoot for. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I, I mean, I've got to go just hearing all that. I, I've done uh, the Camino de Santiago, not with a big group, but I remember coming up over a hill and seeing the cathedral for the first time. And I just burst into tears. I was so tired. I was mm. so worn out. And then just seeing a destination, it's like it's it's an analogy of our sojourn here on Earth. Like, absolutely. You know, Christ says and, and the Epistle of Hebrews says that. You know, we don't belong to this world. There's a city of God. There's a city on high, a new Jerusalem. And we are walking with bruised feet and with sores and blisters and the difficulties. But we keep our eyes on that city. And so any pilgrimage, whether it's Jerusalem or Rome or Santiago, Chart, it is a physical analog to what we are already doing Absolutely. or what we should be doing, mm -hmm. which is striving mm -hmm. through pain, through exhaustion to reach that final destination which is to be with the father son and holy ghost forever that's exactly right i see the cathedral especially of shark because i've been in so many uh, times and it's life-changing for me and it is it's like it's like the embrace of mother church there's no you don't have to be there you don't have to go through the suffering you don't have to have those blisters nobody told you to go on pilgrimage you want to do it you want to do it out of love and when you finally get there uh, it's 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 transforming and it fall it causes you to really kind of discover yourself as a Catholic that if it can mean this much to me then I need to get myself to be a better Catholic so I, I can sort of earn the right to this feeling when you're when you're when you're experiencing something dramatic like the conclusion of a pilgrimage and this this again this this happens it seems happens again and again on, on, on number two camp camp night campsite two second night of the pilgrimage they have exposition of the blessed sacrament all night long i've never seen a larger field set aside than this year for exposition and so i went down there like i always do at, at, at that time of night with some cameras we're going to have this in a documentary that we're going to have out later in the summer all of us a bunch of us have been here have been on this pilgrimage many times never seen anything like it wow. there must have been what walter five thousand there must, and this is at 11 o'clock at night they, they've walked all day long they're full of blisters and we're talking about teenagers for the most part you think they might be you know drinking and yelling and smoking or whatever at a big campsite like that there's none of that first of all but secondly there they are at least 5,000 taking turns. So this is just a constant sea of exchanging pilgrims kneeling Taylor bolt upright on the ground in the dark and wet grass with blistered feet, just kneeling bolt upright in front of the blessed sacrament. And nobody told them they had to be there. This is the thing. This is why I'm so confident. You can't undo that faith. You can't take that faith away. You can't destroy what's happening to these young people. They are in love with God. They wanted to be there. Nobody was taking tally to see who was at the Blessed Sacrament Exposition and who wasn't. They wanted to be there. That's the spirit of this thing from day one to day three. And it's, again, 20-year-olds. So you tell me where it's going to end up. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. the, the, the future is the possibilities are limitless. Yeah, Christ is going to win. Yeah. Is yeah. Take heart, have hope, 
take courage. Christ is going to win. Every All the hardships, all the setbacks of the past however many years, it's hopeful. Christ is going to win. Yeah, absolutely confident. And if you go to Sharp, you'll have that same confidence. You're, just, yeah. you're absolutely convinced. Like, all right, again, pencil me in. I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah. It's been four years in the making, and hopefully, God willing, I'll make it. It sounds amazing. Thank you for sharing this. Is there any parting words that you want to tell the audience uh, about your encouragement or any, anything at all before we sign off? You know what? Just br- briefly, Taylor, if you don't mind, I mean, we, we this show and the one we did you know, earlier in the week, um, you got to say some pretty harsh things about what's happening to the church right now. But I always, I, I always I want to drive it home that this has nothing to do with us or the supernatural Catholic Church. This has to do with the demonic infiltration, to quote somebody who wrote a book about that, infiltration of the human element of the church. So I always want to guard against scandal. I'm not trying to be sensationalist if we're critical of what's happening in the Vatican. I'm not trying to get likes. I'm not trying to freak you out. I'm saying we got a war to fight because the bride of Christ, which we saw in beautiful, majestic action of the Sharp Pilgrimage this week, she's spotless. She's inviolate. We will die for her. She's perfect. There's nothing wrong with her. The entire church triumphant waits for us. The church suffering even has already made it. They're in purgatory, but they're they too are counting on us, on our prayers. They're interceding for us. There are so many reasons to be hopeful. So please don't be scandalized by anything I said today or in last few days, a few days ago. Uh, don't mistake that for a defeatism or for an attack on a mother church, the, the church that we all love as Catholics. It's a, it's, a, it's a labor of love to try to clean house, but she is our castle. The Holy Mother Church is ours. We're not going anywhere. anywhere. And the reason I'm happy to be on your show is to, like, get that message out. Let's let's take our church back. You know, let's do everything we possibly can, especially as Catholic lay men of mostly sound mind and body, to do our part to fight in this crusade to restore the human element of the church, never to abandon the church. De gracias. Amen. Well, thank you for sharing that. God willing, I'd love to join you. It just sounds like a beautiful thing. And, and just a big thank you to our Lord for these graces and uh, a big great uh, thank you and a shout out to all the priests and the, and the young people and the veterans who, who made this possible. And uh, maybe this will inspire more local movements, more pilgrimages throughout the world for us to join together, to unite, and to get to know one another in Christ. I hope I hope you do it, uh, Taylor, because it, uh, the other thing is a lot of fun. It's really a very, it's a fun, it's a wonderful adventure. So I, I really look for you next year. We're going to set a place for you. We're doing it. All right. It. Sounds good. Okay. Well, let's say, uh, we'll say a Hail Mary and we'll thank God for the history, the tradition, the presence of the Cathedral of Sharp for what it means. Let's do it. Patris, et Fidi, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia, plena Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or pernobis peccatoribus, nunc et et or mortis nostre. Amen. Nomine Patris, Vidi, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen. Everyone, thanks for watching. Make sure you're praying that rosary every day. You may not be able to go to France or Chartres or a pilgrimage site or Guadalupe, but you can be with Our Lady every single day. Sit down with your beads, pray the rosary every day, meditate on the mysteries, and let her lead you to Jesus Christ. Also, uh, go check out Remnant TV on YouTube. They have a couple videos 
uh, highlighting what went on on that. Uh, Michael's speech, all kinds of great things. If you were inspired by this, I encourage you to go to Remnant TV, subscribe over there and watch their content, especially on this pilgrimage. Michael, Matt, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Taylor. Keep the faith. Yep. Thanks for having me. Amen. God bless. Remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Godspeed. And make sure you do the like, the subscribe, and the share and all that. Till next time.